you and I have taken over the podcast. We can just turn this into whatever we want, right? This is this is what Bitcoin did with uh, with Hoddle and Phil. What's up, guys? <laughs> Coming to you live from the Bitcoin capital of the world, Austin. <laughs> Hello there from Bedford, UK. How are you all? Welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast, which is brought to you by the Mighty Kraken, the best place to buy, sell, and trade Bitcoin. I'm your host, Peter McCormack, and today I've got an interview. This is a fun one. It is with American Hoddle and Phil Geiger from Unchained Capital, where we discuss the one Bitcoin bet that Hoddle and I made on the 2020 US elections. But before that, I do have messages from my show sponsors. So, first up, my newest sponsor, Casa, the best in Bitcoin security. So let's talk about this. How serious are you taking your Bitcoin security? I had let mine slip over the last year. I knew I needed to get this sorted, get in place something a bit more robust. So I signed up for Casa and have now completed my setup, transferred in my Bitcoin and distributed my keys. This comes with so much peace of mind as I have reduced the attack services on my Bitcoin, but I've also reduced the risk of me doing stupid things myself. Now, I signed up for Casa Platinum, which is a three of five multi-sig, which is $150 a month, but they do have a gold option, which is $10 a month, which will give you a more robust security protection for your Bitcoin. With a single hardware wallet, you get triple the security protecting your Bitcoin. So it really is a no-brainer. It really is time to improve your Bitcoin security, and they are offering a trial of gold. You can check that out at trial.keys.casa. But if you are interested in trying out their platinum or diamond product, then just head over to keys.casa, which is K-E-Y-S dot C-A-S-A. Also, let's talk about Sportsbet. Have you checked out sportsbet.io yet? Do you like a bet? Do you like a bet on the football like I do? Well, Sportsbet is the best place for online gaming. And guess what? Of course they do. They accept Bitcoin. Also, we need to take a moment to celebrate our Premier League champions, Liverpool. What an amazing season. I'll be betting on them again to win next season, to retain the championship and to catch up United in the total number of championships won. But it isn't just Liverpool back. Your favourite teams from across the Premier League, Serie A and La Liga are all back. What a relief to have football back. And with Sportsbet.io, you have the chance to win big. You can take part in their weekly leaderboard promotion. You can win signed shirts from Lionel Messi, Christian Ronaldo, claim cash prizes and free bets. If you want to find out more about that, head over to sportsbet.io forward slash promotions. And sportsbet.io is S-P-O-R-T-S-B-E-T dot I-O. Okay, so on to the show. It's a bit of a fun one today. Don't take this one too seriously. And those of you who follow me on Twitter, you might have seen that recently. I tweeted out that I was willing to bet anyone... $5,000 that Trump would not win a re-election this year. I didn't really have a horse in the race, so similar to the UK election. I think both candidates are a poor choice. But having worked on this Mnuchin show for Defiance, like this four-parter, and realising that Trump failed on many of his election pledges, especially to working-class America, and then his response to both the pandemic and the protests, I just have this feeling he's going to lose his re-election bid. And listen, I have been very critical of Trump and that has led to people accusing me of being a fucking lefty, uh, which it just isn't true. Historically, I've always been centre-right, probably. I've got left sympathies. I am falling down the libertarian rabbit hole. And Nassim Taleb said something recently which resonated with me in that my political views really depend on the issue. And that's it. That said, I do think Trump is an absolute moron. And I'm sorry if you're a Trump fan. Uh, please don't take it personally. These are just my feelings based on the relentless, stupid shit he says and done. And I don't think it's everything he's said and done, by the way. I think he's done some 
interesting things. I think he said some good things, but I just I think overall he is net more on, and that also doesn't mean I like Biden. I also think I also think that guy's a joke as well. I really feel sorry that they're the two people that my American friends have to choose between because I don't think either is the president the country needs right now. Anyway, because of the certainty Trump supporters had around his re-election and my doubts, I did offer up 5K that Trump would lose and see if anyone would take the other side of the bet. Quite a few people did, but American Hoddle said he would take it, and I knew it had to be him. And I'm going to try and be with him on the election even. I think it'd be quite good fun. We also got Phil Geiger in on the action from Chain Capital, as he said he would be the arbiter of the bet, and he would hold the third key in a multi-sig wallet we set up using Unchained Capital's caravan and hold on to that until November to see who wins. I'm feeling quietly confident, by the way. Anyway, in this show, we get into US politics, we get into the re-election campaign, why fiat currency contributes to social and economic unrest the kind of unrest we're seeing around the world and then we go through the process of setting up the multi-sig and depositing our bitcoin and um, this is actually the first time i've set up a multi-sig outside of my casa multi-sig and to be honest it's pretty tricky we got there in the end i do think there is room in the market for someone to create a very easy to use ux friendly multi-sig but it was very cool to do anyway and a big thanks to phil for helping with that if you've got any questions about this or any feedback please do hit me up. My email address is hello at whatbitcoindid.com. Also, just don't take this show too seriously. It is just a bit of fun. Also, check out Defiance. My Mnuchin series is done. All four parts are available if you want to check that out. That's it, defiance.news. And as I said, you want to reach out to me, my email address is hello at whatbitcoindid.com. I think we should just, one of the ones we should just go straight into it. Not even, not even, not even talk about it. And I haven't, uh, I haven't even prepared questions. This is one of those ones where I think we're just going to shoot the shit. So to make the show worthwhile, we should talk about the bet, but we should also talk a bit about Bitcoin and why it's, why it's, you know, the Bitcoin's tied into all of this, right? Like everything that's going on right now. Totally. Well, yeah, some of it was like, you know, I wanted to talk to you about the bet and have it be this fun thing where I was like, oh, rah, rah, Trump. And you were like, oh, rah, 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 Biden. But I think both of us kind of agree that the bet's kind of like betting on the Super Bowl. It's kind of like just a fun, silly thing, you know. And uh, a lot of the, you know, the strife that we're seeing, I think is misplaced and misguided. And I think, you know, if people understood what was really at the core, like where the rot in the system really was, it could be much more productive and America wouldn't maybe be on fire at the moment, you know? Well, that's that thing. Cause when I, uh, when I may be critical of Trump, people are like, I knew you're a fucking lefty. And it's like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. I think, I think it's a terrible state that the U S has got itself into where for an, the next election, you've, your two, your two choices are, are, are Trump and Biden of which I don't think either of them is, a, a valid candidate for what people need right now but at the same time i don't i'm not like binary trump bad like all trump's bad i just think he does a lot of moronic things but i oh he's but i he's do think dumb, he's gonna he's lose. a dumbass 100 percent dumbass he's probably the dumbest president we've ever had well i don't know bush was pretty dumb too <laughs> so it's hard to say but, but my thing i tell you what my my main issue with trump is like for, there was for a while i, I actually I actually quite liked him there were things about him i liked firstly he was just funny like it was just funny following him and and what he would say but i i think he's i think he's dangerous in in some ways but i understand why he's become so popular with people because we're in this really crazy fucked up time where people are doing really crazy stupid shit and i think people just some people just want an authoritarian so when people are building these autonomous zones, they want someone like Trump tweeting, if you do this in Washington, 
you know, will force you clo- to close down. And I think some people want that because they're fed up of like a lot of weird stuff that's happening on the left. But ultimately, the bet isn't about who I want as president because, firstly, I'm not American, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, well, it does. It does because I think the US leads the world in a lot of ways. So I think it is important. But I honestly couldn't pick one. I couldn't vote if I, if, even if I wanted to because I don't know who's worse right now. I, I genuinely don't. I just put the bet out there because I think he will lose. What? Uh, okay, so what are your reasons? Because from my perspective, he seems like a guaranteed lock to win. In fact, I don't think that anything that has happened in the last six months has taken any wind out of his sails. I think, if anything, you're going to see him win by a wider margin than last time. Because, for one, last time the Republican establishment was very wary of him. Uh, they didn't know what to do with him. They didn't know what category to put him in. They didn't know where their allegiances lie. And now the full machine is behind him. And what you're hearing out of you know the people on the ground in Republican states is that, if anything, support has surged. Because here's the thing, Pete. Like, if you're a person who has a dissenting opinion right now, and you just you know you're a regular American, you're you're maybe moderate to center right to right, and you put up a status that says all lives matter, you'll get fucking fired from your job, right? You'll have uh, everything canceled. You'll find yourself in this weird sort of digital death where you got sort of assassinated digitally, and you're left in this isolated position. So people don't want to speak up. So they're not mm-hmm. telling their real opinion to the pollsters. They're not telling their real opinion to even the people they work with. But when you go in the voting booth, it's just you and God, and you smash that Trump button because you're like, fuck this. At least this guy, as big an asshole as he is and with all the problems he has, he tells it like it is. He, he says what I'm thinking. And, you know, aside from that, like there's a deeper thing where, you know, the left has basically totally abandoned the working class man in America. The, you know, the Democrats used to be the party of the working class. When my grandfather was a Democrat. He worked in a steel mill. Uh, he would be voting for Trump if he was alive today because the people in middle America have been totally left out in the cold. You know, they've had their jobs stolen from them due to globalization, right? And they got addicted to opiates. And, you know, they've, they're suffering all these diseases of despair. And the people on the, the left coast want to call them deplorables, right? They want to call them non-productive members of society. And Trump gets up there on the fucking pulpit and says, I see you. I see you for who you are. There's nothing wrong with you. Something was done to you that wasn't right. It's un-American. And I'm going to fuck these people up. And when you go to a Trump rally, like I've never been to one, but you can see the energy coming out of them, right? I've been it's to like one. A fuck, dude, it's like a fucking rock concert, right? Dude, dude, do you know what, what happened when I went to one? I went to the one in Vegas, right? Uh, I, I, with Miss Hoddle. So we're in Vegas, and there's a, a rally on the Vegas Convention Center. So we go down, and I just wanted to see it. And, and it was a really great atmosphere. It was, a, it was a lot about what I like about America in terms of the people. Like, my, my favorite trip to America is when I go to places like Wyoming, and I, I meet what I, I think are, like, real Americans. Uh, we're all hardworking Americans. Uh, like the time I spent in Dallas, and I went to a rodeo. Like, it's all cliche stuff, but I really enjoy that. Culturally, I really, ex- I really enjoy that. But I got a Trump hat, uh, a MAGA hat, and I got a... Uh, a Trump t-shirt. Anyway, afterwards, we had to go up to the uh, shopping center at the end of the strip, the one that's near uh, the Wynn. 
And I yeah. just left my t-shirt and hat on, and I tweeted about this. It's the most popular tweet I've ever had. I had like 15,000 likes or something. But basically, I was getting stared at, real evil stares all over the right. place. And uh, this guy with his family pulled his kids away from me. And then some, <laughs> well, not pulled his kids away from me, but it's like at this crossing. And he kind of stood in front of them and was just stared at me down the whole time. And then we went into this store. As we went in, this this girl came out with her friend. I think I think she might have been gay. I think she might have been lesbian. Um, and she shouted at me, go fuck yourself. Right, <laughs> so it was a really weird experience. I felt really host. I felt a lot of hostility. So I understand this like silent minority. But what was quite interesting for me is where you talk about the Democrat Party has uh, deserted the working class people of America. I watched a really interesting interview with Steve Bannon. I think it might have been on PBS or something or other. But um, yeah. But he, this is what he was talking about. And I think a lot of the policies of Trump have actually come from him. I almost feel like Bannon shaped the president that he thought America needed. Yeah. Bannon's and a not genius, I, too. Yeah. And and I think one of the things that helped was that Trump was had quite a strong opinion on China. So that strong opinion on China is someone that he could mold. He, I think a lot of the credit for it, the Trump winning the presidency was Bannon's ability to identify what working class Americans needed, which is quite a funny thing because a lot of people talk about Trump being like Boris Johnson and the UK conservatives being like the Republicans. But if, if anything, it's the Labour Party in the UK, which are very socialist, which very much supports uh, the working class. So there is there is a difference there. Yeah, but, it's, you know, the, the thing is, Pete, I'll give you an example. Like I was talking about my grandfather who was a Democrat, right? He you know, my family is from this small town America, which used to be the American dream, right? Like it was like what you saw from the 1950s with picket fences and everything. And he worked at the steel mill and times were good. And then right around 1971, steel mill closes down, right? <laughs> and like things start to get bad. And then meth invades the community. And by the end of his life, you know, this community, this idyllic community that my grandfather had bought into and, you know, had a lot of sunk cost in, right? had been totally bombed out by globalism and by the elites, you know, who basically this professional managerial class of elites, what some people call the precariat, right? These these people who are occupying these high positions of power, like let's say inside the New York Times or let's say, uh, you know, inside government organizations, they have no allegiance to God and country, just none, right? And so regular people look at them as an invading force. Uh, th that's how Trump voters look at these people. And that's like where you get the really insane right wing conspiracy stuff where it's like, you know, everybody's a pedophile and they all go to Jeffrey Epstein's island and they all, you know, eat babies or whatever it is. Right. The, the real thing they're saying there in a very stupid way is just these people are not like us. They don't have our best interest at heart. And what they've done to the American system that we love is parasitic. And so anybody who stands up against that, despite their flaws, right? Like, because like you were saying, like Bannon molded Trump. Yes, of course. Trump is not some paragon of virtue. He sits on a golden throne. He's one of those kind of guys, right? So they don't give a shit about any of that about Trump. And nothing he can ever do will make them hate him because he's Teflon in the sense that he goes after the people they hate repeatedly and they need that. They need a voice. You know, they are the disenfranchised. Like poor uh, working class Americans are, have been just totally left out in the cold by this growing culture of globalization. But let me ask you something, because this is the, the important question for me with regards to this is, and this is why 
I worry about populism sometimes, is that Trump is the voice of the working American, and they love him, and he whips up a storm at the rallies, and he says everything they want to hear. But And I don't know the truth of this, because it's, it's, I'm, I'm a long way from this, but policy-wise, does he really represent the hard-working American people? Because, you know, I've been doing this Mnuchin series on my Defiance show, right. And everything I've uncovered about Trump and Mnuchin and, and what they've done policy-wise actually is very much greasing the wheels of Wall Street, lining Wall Street's pockets. I mean, I'm, literally at the moment, we're just about to start this. I've been going through the tax cuts from 2017, the tax cuts policies, and the majority of it, I think something like the 80% of the tax cuts went to the top 1%. So that really isn't about the working Americans. And then if you look at what happened during the pandemic... Yeah, when Mnuchin was talking about the whatever five hundred fifty billion that went to big business and refused to uh, talk about who it was, it, it's the continuation of the policies which is privatized profits, socialized losses. So ultimately, that kind of policy is going to negatively affect the working class more. So, is he really talking a good game? But like similar populist presidents who've, who've taken power in South American countries who've said very similar things, is it actually just bullshit? Well, of course it's bullshit. I mean, that's politics, right? <laughs> it's the if the blind, if the Republicans have a blind spot, I don't think that they even realize that they become the party of the working class because the Republicans were never the party of the working class. You know, when I was growing up, uh, my father would be termed what's called a country club Republican, which is, you know, you're pretty socially liberal. You don't really care if the gays get married or whatever, but you want people to stay the fuck out of your money or people called them Reagan Republicans, Rockefeller Republicans, whatever. Right. And they were seen as the party of big business. And that was who they were protecting. And then the Democrats were protecting the working class. Now those have shifted, but we still have old, you know, you know, the Republicans are confused as to who they are, and I think so are the Democrats. This is a very uh, – but, you know, what you're talking about, what your concern is, is growing fascism, right? And this is always the conversation that we're hearing nowadays in divisive American politics and in global politics is that everybody on the right is a Nazi and everybody on the left is a communist. When I look at, like, the rioting in the streets from a conservative, you know, moral matrix, which is what I have, and I think you have something more like a liberal moral matrix, which is we have to be honest with ourselves when we talk politically – we are coming up with post hoc rationalizations for why we feel a certain way, but it's all dictated by our feelings. My mm -hmm. feel, my moral palate is conservative, so I'm always going to feel like we should be, uh, you know, protecting things, you know, purity. Like for instance, the liberal moral palate, which I'm sure you're more in line with, is all about care harm reduction. So liberals look at people like Trump and they're like, this is the worst man I've ever seen in my life. He is doing so much harm. Right. And like, yeah, some, <laughs> some of that's true. And especially as a, a regular human being, he's a despicable person. Like he has no moral character. Uh, I wouldn't invite Donald Trump into my home. Right. <laughs> but I think the point is not everybody on the, the left is a communist. Not everybody on the right is a socialist where I get worried. And I think we're a lot of the regular Trump voting, you know, Republican working class Americans get worried is the far right has been totally shut out of the conversation, despite what you may see at something like Charlottesville, where a bunch of idiots show up with tiki torches. Right. That's not what's really going on. But the far left, the communist side of the equation, has invaded all of America's most popular uh, and storied institutions. And the reasons why it has invaded those institutions is because of the embedded growth paradigm that we have due to the fiat standard. And so 
because these organizations had to grow, what they did once they figured out that growth was slowing is they became sycophantic and they would lie and steal and cheat in order to get growth. And that has caused a hollowing out of the American institutional base writ large, government, media, institutions. When Trump gets up there and he says the news is fake, the news is fake. And that's one of the reasons why I think you're on the wrong side of the bet, because from across the pond, all you can see is what's on social and what's on, you know, American news media. Right. I know you I know you have some connections here It's not true. It's not true, dude. But let me tell you, I'm more plugged into the American Whisper Network than you are, and the text I get from friends and family, and even people who are in elite liberal cities like San Francisco, are like Trump, 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 Trump. Right? It's the polar opposite of what's going on uh, on the black mirror on the smartphone. Well, so I tell you what's kind of interesting. There's so many things to unpack here, and, and we will get to why I think it's a solid bet, and I think it's a more solid bet than you think. Because if it if if you were more definite, you would take up more bets, right? You know there's a chance, right? Well, there's too and many vari- there's, there's too many variables, you know. Well, and, and I think there's another thing going on. There's this, this weird kind of situation whereby it's very very difficult to be a conservative as a child because the policies of conservatism just kind of sound mean, right? Whereas if you're a child, you're very much Greta Thunberg, like save the environment, right, save right. poor people, help everyone out. It's only as you get a bit older when you start paying taxes yourself and contributing to society, you, you, I think you naturally become more conservative. And I actually tend to find that the, the left tends to be policies of evil policies wrapped in kindness, whereas yep. conservative policies tend to be sound economic and personal policies that seem to be wrapped in being sounding kind of mean right i have a heurist i have a heuristic for this which is i think if you ran a thought experiment with most liberals where you said you could be the most evil uh person in the world but everyone would view you as a paragon of virtue i think a lot of liberals would sign up for that but if you said to conservatives you know you could be the best person in the world but everyone would hate you i think a lot of conservatives would sign up for that yeah you know what? I I don't think I don't think you're far wrong with that. So let let's get into why I think he might lose. And okay. look, look, it's not a small amount of money. I, you know, I'm not some rich guy who's like able to throw around a lot of money like this. But what I thought it would do, it would make for an interesting discussion between now and the election. Skin in the game, give me a reason to keep a closer eye on it. And also, you know, now you've joined the bet, the two of us can talk about it closer. And look, wouldn't it be great if I can get over to the States for the evening? We spend the evening together. I think that'd be that'd oh, be totally. cool and interesting. We should do and, it. Yeah. Uh, someone someone's gonna feel uh, a lot of shame. So we gotta make a side bet where like, you know, if one of us loses in an embarrassing fashion, we have to do something. You know. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, by the way, I'm not <laughs> arbing it. Like people have said, oh, you could arb this. I've not arbed it f- because I don't want to. I don't. Right. What I told everybody. Yeah. What I told everybody was, listen. Th- this is just me, me and Pete, man on man. Yeah. We're not like taking a spread. You know, it's more fun to just have it be straight up. I, I have. A, I am rebuying the Bitcoin as soon as we set it up with Phil of here. Course. We've got to remember Phil's here, and we'll get we'll get Phil in on this. But uh, um, <laughs> I I am going to be rebuying the Bitcoin. So it doesn't matter if, if Bitcoin goes to fifty grand in that time. It makes no di- well. I mean, it does because I'll be like fuck what? fifty grand. But but uh, <laughs> so a, let me I've been, t- little, I've been a little quiet this conversation because I like to stay out of politics as much as possible. <laughs> in my view, like politics in basically around the world has just been reduced to which side is going to print the money or shoot the money hose at exactly. which direction. It's yeah. and, and 
to to Phil's point, it's like you know socialism for the rich or socialism for the poor. Like, which one are you voting for? And it's like, no, those are both terrible fucking options. <laughs> Let's opt out with Bitcoin. You know. So if you'd have asked me in January, I'd no way would I have made this bet at all. Not not a chance. You know, pre-pandemic, Trump had it in the bag. Not not a chance. He was going to lose the election. Post-pandemic, pre George Floyd. Absolutely, I would have taken the Biden bet because I don't think he handled uh, the pandemic particularly well. And I also noticed just there there was a move away. So I was chatting to Cernovich about this and there was kind of like a, a move away from the MAGA crowd, the original MAGA crowd away from him. Yeah, you know, thinking he's kind of lost. Um, he's kind of lost the MAGA crowd and it's shown poor leadership. It's not like because historically you're in this weird situation where everything he does, a Republican will defend it. And everything he does, uh, a Democrat will hate it. Where it's not, that's not really being true and objective, which is probably one of the reasons I struggle on Twitter because I don't pick a side. Like I'll criticize anyone. But now we're in this situation where this whole BLM movement, which has gone beyond being a Black Lives Matter movement, which has just become some weird left push towards Marxism by certain groups, and I think some certain unplaced anger in certain places and some well-placed anger in other places. I actually think that's been very harmful for the left. Very harmful. So I think it's put it into this kind of more of an even position. But the reason I'm taking the, the, the Biden side of the bet is, is three things, I think. So the US election usually comes down to swing states, right? Yeah, always. So there's certain states which Trump's going to win and certain states which Biden's going to win. And and they're not going to change, right? Texas will always like, be, re- yeah. Texas will always be Republican. California will always be well, Democrat. Oh, right? did, didn't didn't who's that guy? Was it Buto? Buto? Beto? 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 Didn't he nearly Beto. take Texas? Well, yeah, but that was for a Senate seat. Yeah, but I mean, I, like Texas is changing. That that blue dot in Austin is growing. Um, I doubtful. <laughs> I know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But like, it's what, what are the swings? What's Florida? I always know Florida's one. Is it is it Michigan yeah. another? Michigan's a big one. Uh, Nevada's so, usually one. Um, what else? Wisconsin? Wisconsin's a swing state. Phil, you know any? Yeah, Wisconsin's yeah. a swing state. Ohio isn't isn't that a swing state usually? Yeah. So you got like a yeah, handful Ohio's of swing states. A handful of swing states that are going to decide this, right? And, and right. The the popular the popular vote really doesn't matter, does it? It comes down to explain. It's the electoral seats that you get. So each each state has a number assigned to it, basically. Mm-hmm depending on how big the state is. And so, you know, California's worth a lot. Florida's worth a lot. Rhode Island's worth basically nothing. And so it is important to get, you know, the, so you, you win up the Electoral College by winning states. And, you know, let's say, I don't know what the numbers are, but let's say California's worth 11 and Rhode Island's worth one, right? You want to win more 11s than you want to win one. So you do want to win big states. Now, they kind of cancel out because, like, Texas will go, Texas is a big state, it goes red. California's a big state, it goes blue. And so, yeah, the states like Ohio, which are sort of like middle ground states, they're probably, let's say they're worth a six or a seven. I don't know what the actual number is, but those are the states that you actually want to win in order to win the presidency. And last last time, a big reason one of the narratives was Trump won that because he actually got his ass on a plane and got there and talked to the people that are from there. And Hillary sat in, you know, some some (laughs) penthouse somewhere and was like, I'm too good to basically go there. 
Yeah, I think it's probably more than that, though. I, I doubt it's that it just he got. Oh yeah, it's a lot of it is about a lot of it is about the manufacturing culture that used to be in places like Michigan yeah. and how these people are pissed that they don't have factory jobs yeah, cause, anymore. Because like the is it like the car manufacturing went to places like Mexico, right? And he wanted to bring that back. Yeah. So the reason I think there is a like it, it's. And I put it down. I think it's fairly even, actually. But the reason I, I think he may swing it is two or three things. Uh, firstly, I don't think people are going to be voting for Biden. I think people are going to be voting for Biden's running mate. I think that's what swings it for him, right? So, Do you, th- you think people love to vote for token female? I think... <laughs> it's going whoever... to be Biden token, token female. Like, it doesn't matter, you know... The intersectional left is just going to pick somebody out of a hat who has black skin and is a woman. So the names I've I seen, mean, Ka- Kamala Harris has come out. I've even seen Michelle Obama suggested, but yeah. he's most... Kamala Harris is more... Th- Kamala Harris is more authoritarian than Trump. How do you square that? Well, I don't. I don't actually. I don't actually like Kamala Harris. I, I, I've actually been uncovering stuff about her and my Mnuchin stuff, where she failed to prosecute Mnuchin for yeah. the One West practices, and uh, was also received donation from George Soros, who's an investor in One West. Like, who knows if they're definitely connected? But I'm not a fan of Kamala Harris, but she is. She is a black woman. Right, which could be a you know you've got the opportunity of swinging votes both from from women and from black people just by doing that. Uh, second, women don't vote for other women. Hey Pete, women don't vote for other women. I don't know, dude. If they did, Hillary. If they did, Hillary Clinton. No, would I be just, president. You know what? Every no, no, no. I'm gonna say this because listen, I'm Bitcoin rich. I can say whatever the fuck I want. Women, when you talk to them in private, they say, "I don't want that bitch to be president." What if <laughs> yeah. she's on her period? That's what women say. But she's not okay? gonna be president. She's right. a running mate. Well, if Biden dies, so she's going. Biden dies, uh, in but she's a running mate representative. So I think that's. I think that's the first point. Um, the second point, I think you're going to see a very high voter turnout from the from younger voters. A very, very high voter turnout from young people because they've been mobilized during this period. Yeah, but I don't know that they necessarily all swing Democrat. Not all, but there are a lot of you know there are a lot of um, conservative. Uh, young people on TikTok, Gen Zers. Yeah. Right? So, also, some of this is when you're young, you pick up your parents' politics, right? Very true. Yeah, so, very I, true. Don't know that nece- I don't know that necessarily, like, the MAGA kids vote against mom and dad. No, I, I, it's not about the MAGA kids, but it is... Plus, here's, another th- here's another thing you got to consider about your position about young people. Sorry, by the way, I'm totally, like, interjecting all your points and being like, these suck, Pete, these are terrible points. <laughs> um, sorry, man, that's just my personality. But... I think, you know, one thing you're discounting with Gen Z is that voting for Trump is punk rock. Voting for old man Joe Biden is not punk rock. I don't, I don't, I don't right? see it either has become, punk rock. Nah, I don't see either. It's become, no, but it's become counterculture to be, you know, on the, like, like do you know what the boogaloo thing is? No, but I, like, I agree on this counterculture thing because I think, uh, like, conservative wokeism is the new woke, Right. Like yeah. I've seen this thing, like being 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 trad yeah. is what they call it, yeah. you know, traditional. Because you, you've got very few like prominent Twitter liberal thought leaders, but you've got quite a few conservative yeah. thought leaders now going with the kind of this, this. I call it like I say, it's the it's the anti woke woke, right? Totally. But, but I still think there's going to be a higher voter turnout of people who want to remove Trump because they don't like him. And just to, just to throw a couple of things in there, I think the economy is going to be very important, how they play the economy over these next three months, because a lot can happen, right? As we come out 
Mm. As we come out of this uh, pandemic situation, if we do, firstly, like the realities of the economic situation are going to start setting in. Add to that, we're potentially going to have a few spikes in second waves. Just seen one in Germany where a town's been closed down. I've just seen the numbers going up in Arizona. Like the situation could get very, very messy between now and the vote. And I don't think it's a case of Biden winning it. I think it's a case of Trump losing it and enough potential swing voters liking his Biden's choice of running mate. I think there's enough factors in there that potentially swing over the next three months. Yeah. Obviously, we disagree. Yeah, of course. Um, and you're an American. You know more than what, me. Well, you know, here's the thing. I think that you're discounting because I think you have a classic recency bias here. Because right now, like if I was to agree with you, I would say, yeah, it looks like the Democrats have surged back and that they're winning. And that they look primed to take it because, you know, people are saying somebody stop this madness. Trump seems to be ineffective in stopping it. That said, I think when you look at the the voter base, they're going to look at what happened and the city's on fire and the rioting and the looting. Because, look, you have this, uh, you know, schism between people on the left think that everything was a peaceful protest. There was a guy in, on CNN standing in front of a burning police station saying it was a peaceful protest. You know, last night we had a peaceful shooting. You know, it's like it's 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 crazy and you look at the right i think they're they're not going to say even moderates are not going to say i'm not going to vote for the people who are condoning this who support this behavior then there is going to be a big conservative backlash and that's going to take place at the polls and i do think that it's going to seem up to election time that like you're winning the bet and then you're going to lose right at the last minute right well and and then i think this if you lose if you lose in big fashion i think we should make a side bet where you got to wear a sombrero that says Pedro on it. That's only fair. I think you can do worse to me. I think I have to wear a MAGA hat for a year. <laughs> you get punched, man. You get punched if you do that. Yeah, you will. You will. But this is this is a this is a thing in in the polls too. By the way, I, I got to mention this is there's contention about what's called the shy Trump hypothesis amongst pollsters. And that means that basically people are scared to say that they vote for Trump or they don't want to say that they vote for Trump, etc. Right? Of course. And um, People think that that's not a real hypothesis, but when you look at the fact that people are getting punched in the fucking face if they wear a hat that supports Trump, come on, it's real. Dude, I tried to. People uh, aren't going to say. I tried tell to the defend polls what's going on at Christmas. I tried to defend. I was it uh, with my father and my brother, and I tried to defend Trump to them, and it got to the point where my brother refused to talk to me and left the room. I wasn't even arguing. I was just pointing out, look at the things he's done. Let's, it's not a personality contest. And so, look, I know that happens. And I've read these things about you know, parents who won't go to their child's wedding because she's marrying a Republican. And I've seen all that stuff, right? Right. I just, all right, I tell you what, I tell you what would be interesting. Why don't we just try and take each other's side right now? You tell me why you think Biden could win, and I'll tell you why I think Trump could win. Okay, if I'm going to take your side, I would say that uh, I think Biden could win because. Trump has been Trump and the Republicans have been very ineffective during the recent social unrest in America. And if I'm a moderate, I want somebody to step up, be a grown up and put an end to this. And that's why I would vote for Biden. Wow. I can't believe you flaked out. I'm not fucking giving you a reason on Trump. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Um, I, I think the main reason I think Trump could win is actually people don't want to admit they like him, but secretly do in the background. They just don't want to admit it. Uh, and I think a lot of people actually appreciate that he's standing up with a bit of authority to a lot of the bullshit that's going on. Uh, I think people like that. I think he's a compulsive liar, but I think at the same time he's saying things that a lot of people want to hear. 
like hardworking Americans want to hear at a time when you know when times are tough, right? You know, he sounds like he's standing up for the American people. Uh, I know he isn't, but uh, he sounds like he is. Um, I think it's very. I think it's going to be very, very close. Phil, what do you think is our impartial third party? Who do you think is more right? Ooh, that's a tough one. And yeah, I gotta, I gotta stay neutral on this one. But um, if I was betting my own money, I would definitely pick Trump on this one. Well, you can go fuck yourself, Phil. For, yeah, <laughs> for uh, you know, for for many of the reasons. I mean, I think you know, I, I think if you look at what is actually happened and you try to take the emotion out of out of everything right like um you know to hoddle's point you have cities on fire you know you have people who are literally attacking people for expressing a political view i mean i don't know i think that the aggression is is definitely swinging the moderates to the right it does all highlight though what a fuck situation politics has become though yeah i mean and and it's you know just to reiterate what i originally said like all of all of this, uh, you know, polarization and schism is just because we have a cancerous money that's dying, right? Yep. Like if we if we were all rich yep. and we had a good money and the the you know federal government couldn't just shoot the money hose wherever they felt like it, we wouldn't have this type of violence. You know, you'd have people in smaller cities like you know voting one direction or another. But I don't know this whole this whole polarization shit is just because we have a dying currency in my view. So you think this is like and a building, you, growing situation because of this? This is something that's been oh, yeah. going on, most people say, since like yeah, 71, yeah, you know, right? Something happened in 1971, yeah. but since then, you know, like, you know, all these different levels of inequality have sprung up in our system. And, you know, my, my perspective is that it's just because of the money. Like, you know, as soon yeah. as money gets uh, detached from reality and one party has the ability to just create more of it without earning it, Right. They're now no longer, uh, they no, no longer need to be rational economic actors. They can just, you know, extract wealth and direct it however they wish. Like that's a, such a powerful inequality that starts at such a low level in civilization that you know, everything, beyond, everything above that is going to be uh, totally distorted. Yeah, and I do think you're going to get UB, you're going to get UBI at some point, uh, no matter who's in office, because we have it. Just, yeah, I mean, right. I mean, I mean, tw- tw- those twelve hundred dollar checks are just like UBI light, and uh, it doesn't matter who's in office. Like somebody is when it gets to the tipping point where there's ma- more, even more mass social unrest, somebody's going to have to do something about it, and that thing will be UBI, which will be like the hail mary of the dying empire. You know, and it's you fun. Know, the, the craziest thing about about yeah, this the last few months is that you have the Republicans that are, you know, advocating sending people checks. Like that's crazy. And you know, a few yeah. weeks ago, I, I I tweeted something where if you if you just try to take some of the emotion and some of the you know rationalization out from behind uh, you know what we're seeing, you see UBI, you see violent protests, you see empty store shelves. Like this is starting to sound like a currency collapse. Right. Yeah. There's yep. a reason for every every one of those things. Right. Oh, well, it's this is coronavirus or oh, oh this is race race uh, issues. You know, the growing rise of of communism and socialism. Like these are all like this is all standard currency collapse playbook stuff. Yep. Yeah. And 100 percent agreed. And the funny thing is, I've kind of traveled quite a bit over this last year or so. It's quite a bit in South America. And the pattern is the same everywhere. So uh, fundamentally what is happening in Chile, when I was in Chile, there's da- daily riots, right? Da- daily riots. 
smashing up the shops, closing up the roads, you know, attacking the shops of their like fellow Chileans who they've got no reason to attack. But these people, they're paying their taxes, right? These are, and these are the poorest people in Chile. They're paying their taxes and they can't get access to education or healthcare. Their taxes are going up. The rich are getting richer. And, you know, whatever libertarians think, and I, I love a lot of what libertarians stand for, but whilst you're in a system which has a set of rules and you're playing by the rules and others aren't, you've got to expect people to revolt. And everywhere I've been where there's riots or, or social unrest, it's always the same. And, you know, you look at someone like Chile or you look at someone like, I don't know, even Iraq or you look at... Um, where all these protests are going around the world and you think, God, these countries are always crazy. Now we're seeing it happen in the UK. Now we're seeing it happen in the US and it's happening for exactly the same reasons. There is massive inequality. Totally. But the inequality is rubbed in your face through social media or the news. You know, you're seeing the inequality in your face. And I think people are just fucking sick of it. And you're right, it's down to the when money. I, I got to tell you, you know, as somebody with social mobility, you know, I want to get the fuck out of the cities because I think... That Phil, to Phil's point, I think we are living through a currency collapse, and I don't want to be within punching distance. You know what I mean? As this giant behemoth dies, because I think things are going to get increasingly worse. These will not be the wor- these will not be the last riots we see. Like for instance, Pete, if if me and you watch the election together and Trump wins, I'm gonna feel this weird mix of feelings because I will have just taken five grand off of you. Which, by the way, thank you in advance. But. <laughs> But I'm also, you know, going to be pretty fucking worried because I think we're going to immediately see riots. Immediately. Like, I mean, me and you might walk out of the bar and there might be a fucking riot. I think you might see riots. Mm, no, because I don't, I don't feel like Republicans riot. That's a different point. Um, no, but Republicans are ready to kill people. Yeah. Which is a scary thought. Yeah. I mean... All the talk on if you look at if you read the YouTube com- go read the YouTube comments under a Tucker Carlson video. Everybody is armed and everybody is just waiting for somebody to aggress against them, right? And you defund the police, and you like what does a Maoist revolution look like when you have eight hundred million firearms or however many firearms we have in America? <laughs> it's it's a question that I don't frankly want to know the answer to. But I'm growing more concerned that we may find out the answer to. Maybe the U.S. should just split into two countries, a blue country and a red country. That's why I like Texas. <laughs> That's why I like Texas, because Texas has it uh, written into their, you know, article, their constitution that they can secede. And, so, and they have their own energy grid. So I think Texas is most likely to become their own uh, country. You know? But it was, it was at one point, right? I'm, I, I'm right in thinking that. Yeah, uh, Lincoln forced them into the union. You know, it's... Um, I think that we're at a point now where balkanization, meaning, you know, the splitting up of America, is within the Overton window, meaning it's okay to talk about it now in polite discourse. Like, I think Candace Owens had a tweet where she was basically saying, you know, we should just give the left their own country and let them be stupid all on their own. And I think she deleted it because probably pushback, you know, people were telling her it's un-American or whatever to say that. But it, it does feel like that. And, you know, we're at a point and I I have to worry about the world if that happens, because say what you want about America as a global superpower. And yes, there are a lot of things that America has done wrong. Right. A lot. The list is high. But when we get a power vacuum, is China much, 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 much worse? And if America's balkanized, is America not in a position to defend the world anymore? And China just takes over. That would be very, very bad. 
it's kind of happening anyway in some ways. What, what I really well, like about you know, Bitcoin, though, is that it it defunds every government at the same time, right? So it's like, yeah, exactly. that would be horrible is if the U.S. balkanized and China was still able to maintain their power. But you know, the yuan is crashing as well, right? So there, every all of these governments around the world are losing their ammo at the same time, which is it makes it, I think, a little bit better. I don't think there's a a bloodless, easy transition to a Bitcoin-based economy, though. No, I don't think so either. No. You know, I love having Phil here uh, to remind us that it's the money because even though I'm a, you know, I'm a pretty hardcore Bitcoiner, I definitely know the money is the root of all problems. I still find myself, I'm sure you do too, Pete, just getting sucked into these emotional quagmires on a daily basis where I start to be like, oh, you can't do this. This is America. Right. <laughs> and that's I have to keep reminding myself and going into my rational brain and being like, okay, no, this is a currency collapse. Like, that's what we're living through. It feels very surreal when you're inside of it. Yeah, well, that's a lot of the things I've been talking about on the show. So there's a couple of things I've been doing on the show recently. Like, firstly, talking to people about the currency and the currency collapse, and that has been covered a few times. But another thing I'm, I'm starting to do, I'm trying to do over the next month, I'm going to try and reach out and get people on the show, podcasters, influencers, other areas who are talking about these exact issues, but at no point in the conversation are they talking about the money. Like the other day, I listened to Rogan and mm. Brett Weinstein. It's a great interview. Really, really good that interview. That was a great... I listened to that too. And, really good interview. And it's really good for two reasons, because you've got two sides there. You have got uh, the professor, the intellect in Brett Weinstein, who thinks about these things deeply. And then you've got someone like Rogan, who's very much just like a, the common man who thinks about like the common person. I think that's really important. A lot of people miss that about Rogan, that that's what he represents. But they went into the nuance and they went into like the specifics of the problems, but at no point in their conversation did they ever talk about the problem with the money. And I think we, because yeah. you know, we've got all these great Bitcoin podcasts where every week a Bitcoiner talks to another Bitcoiner about Bitcoin, right? We've got to get the conversation out to these wider groups of people. Like, we've got to get it into these conversations where... It's like the problem is the money and Bitcoin can be a solution rather than looking and going, oh, stop, just fuck off you weird Bitcoiners. Like, because that's what it feels like the, the attitude well, is towards it. You know, we've all been trained from birth to just understand that this is the way that money works, right? And then when you when you finally come to Bitcoin and, and start seeing that, wow, no, maybe maybe money has, you know, historically never worked this way. And what we're living in is the experiment, like, uh, I don't know, it really changes your perspective. And so, you know, everyone's so wrapped up, you know, for four generations or whatever, the US dollar has been the, the global reserve currency. So it's completely out of the sort of scope of thinking, right? Like there, you know, you take that as, a, as the default starting point, and then all of the problems are some other thing. When I, I think a lot of people don't understand that, like to Phil's point, Bitcoin is a restorative technology. It's giving us back what we used to have, what was taken as a, you know, given by previous generations. Like when I've been explaining it to people, you know, I've basically been saying, you know, Bitcoin is money the way your grandparents thought money worked. Next up, I talked to American Holland and Phil more about Trump's chances of re-election. Before that, I've got a message from my amazing sponsors. So let's talk about Kraken, the mighty Kraken, the best fucking place to buy Bitcoin. But why? Why are they the best? I say this every week. Come on, why? Well, firstly, their world-class security makes them the most trusted 
cryptocurrency exchange on the market and with their 24 7 365 customer support they will help you with any issue you have whoever you are and wherever you are they also have the most comprehensive suite of tools for trading bitcoin so at kraken.com it could not be easier to sign up and buy bitcoin they also have a beautiful mobile first app so you can buy bitcoin on the go wherever you are if you're thinking you know what i'm some more bitcoin just get out your phone and you can buy it with Kraken Pro. With margin trading futures and their OTC desk, Kraken has every option covered for you. There is no better place to trade Bitcoin. You can find out more at Kraken.com or download the app, which is available for the iPhone and Android. Just search for Kraken Pro, which is K-R-A-K-E-N-P-R-O. Also, let's talk about BlockFi, the future of Bitcoin and financial services. Have you checked out their new mobile app yet? Seriously, come on. They've absolutely smashed it. Everything you expect from BlockFi packed into your phone. It is quick and easy to sign up. In just a few minutes, you can register, and that allows you to earn interest, a borrow USD, and instantly access your portfolio. You can open up a BlockFi interest account. I'm a customer. I'm a couple of days away for getting my latest round of interest. It's been very, very interesting having this product, making my Bitcoin work for me. You can also use your Bitcoin as collateral and take out a USD loan, and the app enables funds to be transferred directly from a crypto wallet into your BlockFi account. That's not all. They've got so much other shit coming this year. They're going to absolutely smash it. If you want to find out more, you better do your own research and then head over to BlockFi.com, which is B-L-O-C-K-F-I.com, or search for BlockFi in the Apple or Android app stores. Just search for BlockFi. Again, that is B-L-O-C-K-F-I. All right, so listen, look, Phil, we've got you here for another reason, though, because we've got this bet. And, you know, I trust you, Hoddle. I actually trust you that if it came on the day that you would just pay up. I trust you. But yeah, at the same time, totally. this is like something interesting, something cool. We've got Phil in here to arbitrate this. So what are we actually doing here? All right. So Bitcoin has an amazing address type that is native, and it's called a multi-signature address type. And what a multi-signature address is, is it allows you to add multiple pieces of key data to form an address, and it requires potentially multiple keys in order to send the address. So what we'll build today is a two of three multi-sig address, which means that, you know, Peter Hoddle and I are going to contribute public key data from our hardware devices, our hardware wallets, and we'll use that public key data to build an address that requires two signatures. So it could be me and Peter or me and Hoddle or Hoddle and Peter collaborating to move the funds. Now, this type of address has been available in Bitcoin for a very long time. And most Bitcoin companies that custody funds for people use multi-sig because it is currently the best practice for security. What we released at Unchained Capital is this open source tool called Caravan, which lets more of an average user, an average hardware wallet or Bitcoin user, collaborate to build multi-sig addresses. So it's a really straightforward tool. It lives in the browser. You don't have to install anything if you already have your hardware wallet set up. And now three people from different locations in the world. So I'm based in Austin. I think uh, Peter's in, I don't know where you are right now, but I'm you know, we're not meeting in person. You're in Bedford. Of course. Okay. All right. <laughs> I know you travel a lot, man, but you know, we're, we're living in, in or we're all in, in different areas of the world and we're collaborating to build a Bitcoin address. So this is kind of an amazing uh, use case, I think. Um, that Bitcoin enables us, and in particular, multi-sig, because it's uh, collaborative. All right. You know? But you know, Imagine. I, I won't understand the, the majority of what you've just said there. I won't. 
like I, I, I want to know what is it what happens is like you create an address and then I mm-hmm. and I have like a part signature to it to talk me through like the actual process that we're going to go through what I'm physically going to do all right so we are all holding hardware wallets yeah right uh, Trezor ledger whatever you'd like we're going to connect our hardware wallets and send public data that we will combine so that all three of us are controlling one address collaboratively. Okay. Two of us have to work together in order to spend from the address. So we call that a two out of three multi-sig address. So once we've created that address, I have to send my half a Bitcoin to it. Correct. So both you and HODL will send 50 million sats to this address that all three of us are participating in. So no, no one, you know, individually, none of us hold the Bitcoin because Mm -hmm. we only have one out of three keys. But if two of us cooperate, then we can move the Bitcoin out of the address. And then secretly I can offer you 10 million sats and we can flush out the wallet. That's my plan. Yep. I will be accepting bribe. It'll, it'll have to be a lot, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is basically this is DeFi, bro. It's a smart contract. Well, yeah, but you know what the thing we're is, hell, we're doing hella DeFi stuff right now. We're both saying here yeah. that we trust Phil more than we trust each other. Well, no, Phil is there just as a backup in case the loser of our bet bitches out, because <laughs> I fully expect you to sign for yourself, Pete. Well, but listen, Phil I've got is a lot there to just lose. In, just in case you act like a little bitch, you know. You don't Did, like that Trump won. Imagine that's it, why Phil's here. Ima- imagine it uh, if I actually did that. That's that's career ending. <laughs> so, so well, the t- you know, I mean, this. Well, this is the thing: is like it allows us to talk hella shit on Twitter because I don't. You know, even if I hurt your feelings to the point where you won't talk to me anymore, I can still get Phil to sign when Dude, the bet st- is over. We're still going to talk. You know? We're still. I'm going to be with you the <laughs> night the night it happens. So, so in the terms of the bet, we're agreement. We agreed that if there is a if there is a vote. Of which Trump is on the ballot and he loses, I win the bet. Whereas if for some reason Biden pulls out and it's another Democrat, it makes no difference my side, right? Right. In fact, that would be better for you. Yeah. But if <laughs> what, what happens? I have a question. What happens if Trump loses, then appeals, then wins? Well, that would be Ooh. ultimately a win. You know. That is controversial. I think that's the kind of shit that's going to happen. Yeah, that's why I wanted yeah, to bring that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah like well, oh, Pete, did you pay any attention to the 2000 election? You know, with all the voter course. stuff with, going on in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Is that with so the I chats? think we're gonna get a situation. Yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna get a situation like like that this time, where there's gonna be recounts and people calling for recounts. It's it's gonna be a hotly contested election. So I think me and well, you the, will have to wait to set settle up, unless it's like just so obvious that. Well, that says that says to me that you're uh, you're less sure if you think there's gonna be recounts and recounts. No, but you know. You can see that both sides are posturing that they're already calling like Trump is putting out tweets where he's saying, you know, the Dems are going to do all this fraudulent mail in voting. And the Democrats are putting out tweets that are saying Trump is going to abuse executive power. Both sides are pre-accusing each other of cheating, which is how you that's how you're going to know this could end up in front of the Supreme Court. So, so let me you let know? me ask you then on that situation. What, what's, what's the deal with mail in votes? Because they've they've existed for years. Right. As, as I understand, it, even Trump's mailed in a vote before well you know it's uh yeah i don't understand you know i'll be honest i don't understand the full controversy because when i was in uh i was going to school in chicago when obama was elected and i mailed in a vote for obama 
to my home state. So you, I, to me, I thought we already had mail-in votes. Do you think it's more likely that there's some kind of study that's been done that mail-in votes are better for Democrat, the Democrats because Democrats oh, are more likely to 100%. mail-in vote, whereas Republicans yeah, don't know how to do that shit? Democrats won't leave their house, right? Like the divide when I go when I go to a store or something, you can tell who's voting for Trump and who's not by how many people are wearing masks. If you're wearing a mask, you're not voting for Trump. If you're not wearing a mask, you're voting for Trump. I mean, that's where we're at in America. So like Democrats are scared to leave the house. So yeah, they're going to want mail-in voting. What about this other thing I've seen like in is it in primaries where the number of polling stations has been drastically reduced from like 100 to 20? Have you seen anything about this? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, just classic voter suppression stuff. I think they, Phil, am I right that they call that gerrymandering? Or am I, is the gerrymandering something else? I think gerrymandering is is adjusting the districts so that, you know, your population right. either lands red or blue. Yeah, I mean, there's always election fuckery happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they will, you know, they're going to be pushing their full legal powers in both directions and some of it is going to be whole cloth illegal on both sides i i imagine that the democrats will do illegal things and i imagine that trump will do illegal things and those things will cancel each other out like a double foul you know yeah and keep in mind after the last election right there was a multi-year like russia probe right right so there has to be some sort of uh i, I don't know yeah. I, I think you guys need to figure out uh what exactly a loss is and uh I th- we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do what the candidates do. We're gonna have to call each other and concede. You know, we'll fight it out. Then yeah. one of us is gonna have to make the call. You know what? It's not looking good for my side. You know, Hoddle. <laughs> I'm gonna have to give you that money. <laughs> yeah. Well, you. I don't know. We could do a thing where, like, if you don't concede every month until it's decided, you have to give them like another point one bitcoin. <laughs> there's a there's a vig or something. Yeah. yeah. You can you can buy a. <laughs> I'll let you go double or nothing at some point. Listen, I'd be willing to say whoever's still in the White House at Christmas is the winner, and then fuck it. If it goes the other way, who cares? But the thing is, I th- it actually, it's more it's more on your side that thing because it's more Trump having to concede. He can hold on to power, right? It's not like right. It's not like Biden can just walk into the White House and kick him out. So I don't know. We'll we'll figure yeah, out. Yeah, the, inaug- the inauguration doesn't happen until January like eighteenth or something. So I think like we may have to just wait until the inauguration. Yeah, we'll I mean, wait till that. Go. They're gonna they re they re swear in the current president, do they not? So that's what we'll have to wait for. Phil, there is a void. So if Trump pulls out for any reason, health, death, whatever the the bet the bet is void to me i still think that's a defeat i think that's him him admitting defeat but you know what if he dies you think well, that's not dies him admitting but defeat if, if he pulls out <laughs> on health reasons i think that's him knowing he's gonna lose in which scenario do i get the pot <laughs> um if if the libertarian let me, let me wins think about that if the libertarian right. wins if a libertarian becomes president then i get the pot yeah you're right that with, would be amazing I'm i'm all right with that one all right, cool. So, what happens now? Are you gonna just like send me some instructions and? No, let's uh, want to do it. Oh, we're gonna all. do it. We're gonna do it right now. Yeah, we're doing it now. All yeah right. that way, if you have a that way, if you have an issue, Pete, we, uh, Phil can talk you through it. All right, cool. Here, I'm gonna send you a link it's on. in the chat. I think this is less exciting for the listeners. All right, so everyone, go to this page. Yep, I'm already there. Phil, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do an address, not a wallet, right? Yep, we're just gonna build a single address. So Caravan lets you build a full wallet. Right, where you would have multiple addresses, but for a bet like this, we just want one address. So we'll, from the help page, select address. Um, and then on the right side, 
let's change it, uh, the address type to P2WSH. So that's yep. a, the most up-to-date native SegWit address. And then what we'll do is we'll contribute, we'll plug in our devices and create or produce public keys that we'll then share. I'll go in public key slot two. Pete, you can go in public key slot three. I don't, does it matter? It doesn't, uh, no, but it doesn't matter because you'll be, you'll be sending me your actual keys and then I'll use them to build the whoa, address. Whoa, whoa, hold on so, a second. What am right. I doing here? Like, am I, am I meant so, to be on the same screen as you? Yep. So select address. Select that address. And then down on the right side, select yeah. this P2WSH button. Yeah. And then uh, now, now all you have to do is select this drop down and, and, Hold on, use, got, you know, whatever you're using. If you're, hold on, hold on. But I don't see, like, wh which one am I doing in the public key? One, two, or three? It doesn't matter. Yeah, just do one. All right. Just All pick, right. just pick, yeah, one. One is fine. I'll, I'll name it when you send me the, the data. All right, and then this method here. So select this drop down, and I'm using a Trezor. Uh, you guys might be using ledgers. Yeah. You just select whichever one you're using, then you hit import public key. So since I'm using a Trezor, I'm taken away from Caravan. I'm now speaking directly with Trezor. Um, and I'll, you know, once this loads, I'll enter my data. So Trezor understands that I'm just sharing a public key. So we're never sharing private key data that always stays offline. But public key data is okay to share with people you trust. I don't really trust you guys, but in this event, it's okay. <laughs> Right, so make sure your Bitcoin app is open. Your ledger will display a message. Derivate. Whoa, failed to sign. So I try again. Pete, if you have Ledger Live running, that can uh, sometimes cause that failure. I've just got a thing popping up and it's saying confirm address. Is that correct? Do I confirm yep. an address? Yep, so go yep. through. The ledgers, they get a little bit cranky with multisig. So they ask you, like, hey, what are you doing? Is this okay? You just have to click through and accept. So the following public key was imported. Yep. So, bit so that's. That's your public key. So what you'll want to do now is copy that and then share that with me in the chat. All right, done it. All right, here we go. Uh, I was I just grabbed your key from the the chat. So now I'm going to. So this is how you can collaborate with different people around the world. But Peter just uh, you know sent me his public key in the chat box. I will enter it as text here. So I'll just paste this in, and then hit just name this one, Peter and hit add. So have the top one is my public key that I got from my Trezor. Yeah, yeah. This is Peter's public key from his ledger. And then the third key will be Hoddle's key. And mine should be in the chat for you, Phil. All right, let me grab it from the chat. All right, there's Hoddle. Copying it. And then I'll just paste it as text. And then I'm gonna sort these. So there's a standard order that the public keys are sorted in. And here's our address, guys. So now this address was produced using uh, data shared from all three of us. Okay. All right. So this is the information that I'll share with you guys. But really, now what we can do is we can send uh, Bitcoin to this address for the bet. Okay. Yep. If you could just, yeah, just post that in the chat. And then Pete, you're gonna to want to keep you're gonna to want to keep all the stuff that Phil uh, gives you. So you're gonna to want to keep this, uh, you know, witness script, BIP32 pass, et cetera, et cetera. Right. This is all of the address details. So this is like kind of how we constructed it. Um, 
And then you'll need that in order to be able to spend from the address. All right, so here I'm posting that information here and that should all be kept. Uh, so the address details, right? It's, it's your financial information um, with the address details and without two private keys, you can't move the Bitcoin, but this type of thing should be secured in you know, an encrypted document or in a password manager or somewhere behind a, a, a password. What could somebody? What could someone do with it? So what somebody can do with this is they can see the address and they can see how the address is built. So what I'll show you now on uh, Caravan is when we go through and we want to spend from the address. Let me move this screen out of the way. But they can't do anything with it. They can't steal the funds, right? Not really. They cannot no. steal the funds. But here, so I'm going to paste. Uh, so let me choose P2W Sage. I'm going to paste this script in here. And what this script contains is the address we all built together. And it also contains all three of the public keys. So these are the three public keys that we submitted from our devices. So it's quite a bit of financial information, right? Like they can see what's happening with the address. They can see how it was built. They can see that it is a two out of three multi-sig address, but they can't steal any funds without having two private keys. So that's, that's what's really nice about multi-sig is it, kind of separates the idea of, um, I like to just say it's like the treasure map to be able to find the Bitcoin address and to understand how to spend from it from the keys to unlock like, the treasure or launch the missile. But the, yeah, but me looking at this now, what you showed me now, this to me is like a, this is a nerd toy, right? Like there is no way I would figure this out or even dare to use this on my you own. You know, it's pretty easy. It's like, this it's is pretty, for, it's pretty easy yeah. actually, Pete. Like, I mean, I've, I'm not that technical. Like I'm not like a Matt Odell or something. And I've set up my own multi-sigs using this tool, uh, you know, multiple times. Like it's, it's very easy. What the, yeah, but there's, there's yeah. going to be far easier ways of making something like this usable. You, like all this stuff should just be like abstracted. Well, away. using, using, un, using Unchained service or CASA service or one of the multi-sig providers services is the easier way to do this, you know? Right. Well, the, the point of this tool is to be very transparent about everything that's happening. So yeah, you're right from a, you know, it's not, it's not like a streamlined service, but you can now build, you know, the three of us built a multi-sig address without ever meeting in person. That's pretty, pretty powerful right there. That is yeah. neat. Yeah, like, that is neat. And, so what, and, you know, what you should do now is, is with this redeem script, so I sent it to you guys, um, go to uh, the script explorer page and then paste it in and we'll confirm ownership of this address. So before we spend funds, we just want to make sure that our device does in fact hold one out of three keys. So I'll confirm the ownership from my device, and it's you just select confirm ownership. Uh, you select the type of hardware wallet you have. Luckily for us, this pathway is the default um, for what we're building, so you don't have to paste anything else. And then you just hit confirm. We go through on the, the Trezor stuff, and uh, as you can see, there's a green check mark. So I know that my Trezor <laughs> controls one out of three keys for this address. Yeah, cool. That worked. Okay, cool. So we're on. Great. So now, so where, so where am I sending? So where am I sending the Bitcoin to? To this to the, address. To the, the address. Yep. And you can the BC. If, if you want, you can uh, click on this button here, and it takes you to Blockstream. If you want to use their QR code to scan it. No, I do, I'll just do a. Do I do that? Do I do a small? Do you do a test send? Or you just do the whole. Just thing? do the whole thing, bro. Live a little. All right. Here we go then. <laughs> I gotta make sure I actually nice. typed in fifty million sats and not more than that 
So it's this BC1 address. BC1, QAX, MPU, ET, and then the last digits are 5F, SD, T, G, D, X, 0. All right, man. Let's do this shit. Okay. So this shows how much of a fucking useless bastard I am. All right. Oh, my, uh, I'm using Blockstream's green wallet, and I have SMS two-factor auth enabled, and it's being slow as fuck. Maybe you got some like weird tool to steal all my money because you know I don't know what I'm doing. This is a this is an elaborate theft happening right now. We're we're we just oceans eleven the fuck out of you, bro. For for five grand. <laughs> it was a well, heist. I mean, if if Bitcoin does what I think it's going to be doing, I think uh, the bet will be worth a lot more by the end of the year. And that's Phil. What do you what's what's your what's your price prediction for the next like let's say two years? That's always fun. Well, it, in March. Early in March, when the price was at like fifty eight hundred bucks, I I said, if Bitcoin doesn't at least triple by the end of the year, there is no objective reality. Um, so by the end of the year, if Bitcoin's not at at least fifteen k, I, I probably will just spin off of the face of the planet. Um, but <laughs> you know, can I can, can I tell? By the way, I sent my sats. Um, can I tell you that I was the guy who was like. When Bitcoin is 100K, I'm going to get up on the table wherever I am and scream, eat my dick. I was right, you know, like, and now with the current, like, state of the world, I am going to be fucking silent as a church mouse. Like, I'm not going to say anything to anybody, you know? Yeah, no. Except on Twitter, where I'm going to go super hard, of course. I don't own any Bitcoin except for when I steal the funds from this bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. I've sent mine as well. Well, listen, I think, I think this is done. We're, we're in place. We've got this going. Yep. Uh, just before we close out, because uh, I've, I've got an, another interview after this, but um, I feel you, you deserve the opportunity to tell people how they can find out more about Caravan and, and appreciate you setting this up for us. Sure. Caravan is free to use for anybody. So if you're just looking to try out multi-sig or you know, want to get a, a full wallet set up, I can send along the link and hopefully you can post it in the show notes. Uh, otherwise, you can find uh, links at the Unchained Capital website, so unchained-capital.com. And just for your listeners, you know, we're a, a Bitcoin native financial services provider, so we use multi-sig uh, as the custody solution to then be able to offer financial services. And we use multi-sig in somewhat of a similar way where keys are distributed. So as a client, you get to contribute key data and you can always know that your Bitcoin is super secure. So we have custody, we have lending, and then we also have the ability to buy Bitcoin over the counter directly into your multi-sig vault. So definitely check us out if you All are right. looking for uh, Bitcoin services. And yeah, Caravan's free to use. Um, and uh, try it out and give us some feedback. We'd love to see your your suggestions. Awesome. And Hoddle, thanks for the five grand in advance. Appreciate it, dude. Um... Really, really appreciate you giving me that. There's literally no way you're gonna win, dude. But you know, here's the we're thing: not gonna we're not gonna shut the fuck up out this. As number. a long time, as a long time, uh, what Bitcoin did, listener, I appreciate the rebate. You know, for all my attention I've given you, <laughs> dude. All right, guys. Well, listen, look, uh, this has been cool. We're gonna get this out. I think people will enjoy listening to this, and I think we've got a few months of uh, shit, shit stirring and uh, shit talking before this is settled. So appreciate <laughs> it, and uh, take care, guys. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right, what do you think of that? A bit of fun, really. As I said, don't take this show too seriously. It's just a bit of fun this week. Um, what do you think of the bet, though? Do you think I'm mad on taking the bet? Do you think Biden's a shoo-in? Do you think Trump's going to get re-elected? I think it's really fascinating to watch, even though most of it feels absolutely stupid as well. 
I think I've got this one in the bag, to be honest. Late last year, I would have said you were mad for betting against Trump in the coming election. But with all the craziness we've seen, the pandemic, the lockdown, the protests and writing, I think Trump is done. Um, I'm not really proud of that because I don't really think Biden will make for a good president, but it is what it is. Anyway, who knows? I'm sure he has a lot up his sleeve before November, and we'll just have to see that, get the popcorn out. Um, I do hope Biden picks a solid running mate, somebody who can string a sentence together. I think that will be useful for him. I think that will make all the difference. Anyway, thanks to American Hoddle for taking the bet, being a good sport. Um, I'm not arbing this, as some people suggest I could do. This is just a man-to-man, one-on-one bet. Um, and also, just thanks to Phil for coming on the show and sitting through this, supporting what we did and helping us uh, put the multi-sig together with Caravan. Really appreciate that. And, yeah, um, if you want to reach out to me, you've got any questions, feedback, or you just want to congratulate me on taking Hoddle's money, then you can get me on hello at whatbitcoindid.com. Outside of that, have a great week. Hope to see you all soon. And make sure you go and check out Defiance. Check out my Mnuchin shows. All right, see you soon.